Welcome to Backyards and Bevies. Grab your favorite bevy, pull up a chair, and enjoy the ride. Hey, B&B fam. This podcast is sponsored to you by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is there something getting in the way of your happiness? I know when I traveled the world, I had many days where BetterHelp's worldwide service of licensed professional therapists could have helped me speak to someone no matter where I was in the world about whatever was happening in my life and with zero judgment. With their ability to match me with a therapist that best fits me, I know my mental health would have been way better back then. Believe me, I needed it. But I'm here to share a way for you to take back control of your mental health by telling you about BetterHelp's awesome services they have for you to talk with a pro about your life through their app or just online. Whether it is a video session or some simple messaging, their team is here to help. I went to check out the app for myself just to see how easy it was to use, and after a series of questions, I was told I would be able to start matching with a therapist in under 48 hours. And what is super rad is that it's affordable and they even offer financial aid too. So come join the 2 million users that have already been helped and gain back control of your mental health by visiting betterhelp.com slash backyards for 10% off your first month. Remember, BetterHelp is therapy done securely online. Don't forget to use the special code backyards and let BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, help you to start living a happier life today. And we're live. Wait, <laughs> one, two, three, go. All right, now we're live. <laughs> um, Usually you clap three times. Did I I'm clap? waiting for the third clap. Ah, well, you know, two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> to all the listeners who know about that, you know. You know. Um, speaking of celebrities, I thought today that would be fun. You know, we, we've talked about cooking the last episode we were talking about our adventure in Lyon, france mm-hmm. um you know france obviously cooking french yeah, cooking amazing food good bread good cheese good wine good vino mm-hmm. um i think there's a lot of places though that have their own their own like um take or not take but their own culture that is surrounded by food For you sure. know and i think that being part Mexican, a quarter Czech, part Spanish, part Spanish. Mm-hmm. I think it's in my blood. Like, yeah. I have to love food. One hundred percent. I think like the whole idea of family is built around a kitchen mm-hmm. and eating mm-hmm. and talking and drinking. Best place to hang is in the kitchen. I, Snacks I and drinks. Cannot. <laughs> I don't know how to agree with that more. Yeah. Because I do think that. It, Looking back on the times that we did have family times and family get-togethers, it was food-oriented. 100%. And outside of all the drama uh, that is sometimes my family, mm-hmm. I think everybody always could agree that the food was... <laughs> At least we didn't fight then. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> we were talking Your mouths are full. <laughs> You're not fighting. <laughs> we were talking and eating. Um, so today I thought it'd be cool just to continue our talks on food. and yeah. and And one person especially because to me I feel like he not only shaped me food wise Mm -hmm. and my thoughts on food and my openness in food but he always had like a very real way of putting life Mm -hmm. and I always respected him and you know um, Anthony Bourdain yeah was love him from the time that I first heard of who he was and read Kitchen Confidentials Mm -hmm. I was blown away yeah 
um, I, not a lot of people know this, but I always wanted to write something. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, he was the great example, the first and the greatest example of someone who was in a career, saw all the little nuances, all the little details, all the, and wrote it to, wrote a, basically an autobiography Mm-hmm. that felt fiction <laughs> yeah no it definitely feels like fiction um it just his life was pretty wild yeah like he he had been through it all you know he was a drug addict he worked in you know super hard kitchens in new york um mm-hmm. and he just always had this other attitude this pirate style attitude towards cooking mm-hmm. which never really shined because i think growing up all i ever heard of or all i ever thought of cooking was like my grandma's mm. And, you know, like my dad or, you know, grandpa's outside at the grill. But, you know, like I didn't really understand cooking the way that it was, you know, mm-hmm. I was maybe Julia Child. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like the the famous people at the time. And, and it kind of seemed like boring. He made it exciting. Yeah. So tonight, yeah, I thought, or today, I should say, <laughs> you know, we were inside again. It's nice and warm outside. And mm-hmm. I thought that by the kitchen and we should just continue this thing so (laughs) do so looking back on on our experience with anthea bourdain i think that we've spent time not only watching his stuff but we've Mm -hmm. also i've been able to go to a lot of the restaurants that he's been to you have you have yeah he was very influential in in your adult life yeah um i think uh do you remember the first time that you ever crossed anything anthea bourdain uh, oh, I wouldn't say that I remember specifically. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is probably the first time he was a guest judge on Top Chef. Oh, okay. Is when I would, I mean, I'm sure that I had heard of him before then, but it was because of the show Top Chef that I like really got into. Latched into him. I mean, I, I enjoyed cooking before that but top chef really got me into the whole like foodie yeah sort of side of things just because i thought it was so incredible what these chefs could come up with creatively yeah to do with food and then make it look beautiful so you're eating with your eyes first and you know Mm. then with your mouth and stuff like that and so then when he was a judge on i think one of the very I, th- I think even in the first season of Top Chef. I have a feeling that you're right. He was. I'm pretty sure it was the yeah. first season. If not, it was one of the very early mm. seasons. And just watching how the other chefs reacted to him being <laughs> around. Hi, Archie. Yeah. Um, was, you could tell that he was the top of the top because they were all very intimidated. Yeah. Just knowing that he that was, he be was going to be there. Like once they heard his name, they were like, oh, this is legit. For <laughs> yeah. those of you that aren't watching, uh, one of our giant cats has jumped up on the table and decided to join us. Yeah. So you might, those of you who are watching might only be seeing Fluff right now because <laughs> he's right in front of the camera. Giant tiger. <laughs> yeah, come here, um, I think to me, you said something that was really kind of interesting that he, or the top chef really showed you a different take. And like you, you said, you eat with your eyes. It was mm-hmm. showing all this stuff. The one thing that struck me with Anthony Bourdain, the first time that I started to get to read about him and watch him, watching him is like reading his book. Mm. He's so linguist, linguistically good mm-hmm. at telling a story. Yeah, that, he paints a great picture. That even... Though you can't see the food that he was talking about, you could picture it in your brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could almost taste it. 
Mm-hmm. And there's something that was so awesome about that because I have a very vivid imagination and I have a very vivid way of I like the way that I like to describe stuff. I'm nowhere close to him. <laughs> right. But he was always an inspiration in telling a story like how can I make it to where whoever's listening to the story can be brought in. I can see similarities in his storytelling and yeah. your storytelling. It, he, he he spoke very raw. He had a very no filter. New York. And I think mm-hmm. that that was also intimidating. A little abrasive. Yeah. And I think watching him on Top Chef, because I never watched Top Chef until, until I met, yeah. met you. So his vice watching him on, because the first time I, I, I read his book, then all of a sudden I started seeing him on the show called um, A Chef's Table. Or mm-hmm. A Chef's, um, not Chef's Table, geez, A Chef's Tour. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And that was like his first take on going around different countries, different cultures. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was another guy, Andrew Zimmer, I think his name was. And yeah. he ate weird stuff. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember that because I remember that I saw Andrew's show. Yeah. It was like Bizarre Foods or something, something like, that, like yeah. that. And I was like, no, I don't like this at all. I yeah. do not want to see people eat bugs. That is not my type of thing. Yeah. And then seeing Bourdain's show mm. and it was like, oh, okay. So yeah. he may eat some weird things. Mm-hmm. But that depends on what, what the culture yeah. eats where he is visiting, not exactly. like every single episode. Let's see how disgusting. Yeah, let's see what I can I eat. make this food. Yeah, I'm going to eat zebra hooves. <laughs> yeah, although I mean that that one episode that Bourdain did where he like ate that snake heart. The cobra heart. That, that was, was one of the very, that was, nasty. That was a, one of his first, <laughs> yeah, episodes. The thing that he always did, though, is that even though he was doing that, he wasn't doing it for the shock value. He was doing it for the culture value. Right. And he was really bringing culture to people. And and trying and, to be accepted into the culture. Yeah. And being from El Paso, Texas, I was so, you know, we were like the city that got the song 10 months after it's already been like mm. rotated mm-hmm. a bunch, you know, like we were always outdated a little bit, like when... Air Force Ones came out. I think we got them ten years later, so we were like, <laughs> sure "Oh, wasn't that oh long, my gosh, whoa!" They're like out of style by the time you guys get. Them. Oh yeah, <laughs> who's this Michael Jordan guy? He sounds amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so, so things like that. Yeah, like I knew about Mexican culture. I knew some mm-hmm. Spanish culture, and then I knew some of my Czech culture just because of like my grandma and my dad mm-hmm. and stuff. But. There wasn't this overwhelming go see the world. So when I moved away from El Paso and started to meet other people from different places, different different cultures, mm-hmm. all of a sudden someone introduced me to this Kitchen Confidentials. Mm. And it was like, whoa, there is this... Compl- and at the time, I still wanted to be a roadie. But in the back of my mind, you know, I was like cooking at Hooters. Mm-hmm. I'd read this book. I was watching his shows. There was a small point in my life where I was like, that would be kind of cool. But I'm by no means well versed in in that. And I don't think I can go down that route of eating because he was still eating some weird stuff. He was definitely eating some (laughs) weird stuff. There was moments where I was like, he is, but he, but he was always cool. And the way that he talked, I think is what drew, drew me in. And so, um, but yeah, like his first show watching it is very, really raw. And, and now watching top chef and mm-hmm. its first shows looking at these uh contestants watch him walk into a room they're not only terrified that because he's a good cook 
they're terrified on the way that he's about to describe their food. Oh, I, he, no holds barred. <laughs> yeah. Very aggressive, like yeah. straight up harsh truth. Not just truth. Yeah. Harsh. <laughs> because that's how he grew up, though. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and there is a very, I don't know, to me, it was awesome watching it back again. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, like listening to the way that he described the food or or hated the food or you know like and watching them like be like oh this is going to be painful like yeah even before they knew what he was about to say like they knew what he was going to say about it and so i really really loved it and i and i thank you for getting me back into top chef because i think that that really brought me in i was like oh this guy right he's ah he's he's so sassy so sassy and being on the road with so many roadies like i can think of like three guys right offhand that you just never wanted to make that mistake in front of them because they were like the anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. of the world and so we're gonna get on you oh about my it. gosh it was <laughs> <laughs> i can think of one guy that you actually know too frank i love <laughs> <And> frank <laughs> he is you know uh I, I, he's boston or like from that you know northeast oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think probably Boston, one of the reasons Boston, that we but, bonded. Oh yeah, but he he has that same northeastern mm-hmm. from the city, been through some stuff, seen the world, mm-hmm. and he has no filter. None, <laughs> none. <laughs> Maybe that's why I loved him. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so speaking on Anthony Bourdain though, and you know like Top Chef and all this stuff, I I was never a big reader mm-hmm. either. You know, like I just I think once I realized that I didn't like school, I gave up on like thinking that I should read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, eh, whatever. That was the first book that I read in years. I, I I can't even picture a book from high school in between then to now that I've read as many times as that, it, one. As that one. I think the next best, the next closest one would be um, Think and Grow Rich by okay. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. But I... I held on to that book for a long time, and there was something. You've read it once, right? Kitchen Confidential. Yeah. I haven't finished it. Okay, but I am almost finished with it. It's a story that I think everybody can relate to because, you know, the one thing that I think attracted me to Anthony Bourdain more than anything was that he wasn't like a pretentious French cook. Uh huh. You know, like that you can you there's a lot of guys out there that are great cooks. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like people who are classically trained. And I and reading his book, it made me even have more respect for him because he was a really good line cook that mm-hmm. was really smart. Right. Like he was like the M&M of the world. Like a like <laughs> he has like a really crazy good vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But you're like, did he even finish school? Right. <laughs> you're like, wait. And so reading his stories, you know, like you can relate to it because everybody's been there. Every Or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people have been a line cook before. And mm-hmm. so to watch someone go from being this kid that grew up with a brother and, you know, in, in a normal family very loving yeah Yeah. he even says in his documentary that we watched not too long ago that he had like zero reason to turn out the way that he did (laughs) with like all of this angst (laughs) towards the world because he had very loving parents and had this like idyllic childhood Mm -hmm. where they would go and like pick oysters and things go to the beach yeah 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 so i think that some people you know like on my end i can relate to his angst because of things that happen as as a kid to me but Mm -hmm. then there's people that grew up with a perfect family that 
have angst and right. I think that they could relate to that. You yeah. know? And, and then there's people who are fine, but then they work in a restaurant and they know that guy. Right. Right. <laughs> like, do you remember the movie Waiting? I love that movie. I, if if you've never seen Waiting, you should go see it. It's with Ryan Reynolds, Dane Cook's in it, um, Amy. I forget her, but she. But it's like a bunch of comedians, yeah. and um, it's about working in the restaurant. Business. Not appropriate for children, but it yeah. is really uh, funny. If your if your sixteen year old is about to go work in a restaurant, eh, you could probably <laughs> they're they're about to be have like a <laughs> really to some of these things. yeah they're about to have a really interesting first mm. day at work. Um, and I think that that too tied into, cause you know, when I was in high school, I worked at a barbecue restaurant called the state line mm-hmm. as a, as a dishwasher and a bus boy. And it was horrible and had potatoes thrown at my head, you know, like <laughs> was dishwashing terrible. Oh my gosh. It was so gross. Mm. Like looking at someone's food that yeah. they like didn't eat is just scraping it off and gross. Yeah. There's something about it, but you know, but it was a, it was a good experience though, because you get to be in an element that you're at the bottom mm-hmm. and you can look forward to going up a little bit. Like my next move would have been moving into like the bread boy <laughs> or the what, or the bread boy. and butt, you know, like whatever the next <laughs> like slot was like, or you're just not the guy that's stuck at the dishwasher. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is like this really cool thing about being in something like that is that, yeah, it, it's horrible and it's disgusting and you're touching half-eaten food and you're having mm-hmm. to throw trash and you stink and your shoes are wet and yeah you're so, just wet all the time everything yeah. about it is just sounds horrible and then they're like oh can you go get this out of the freezer and you're like yeah i'm cold great this is gonna be <laughs> awesome <laughs> or like yeah I, and where i was i remember the floor would flood you'd be standing in water the baked potatoes that were bad the other chefs or you know like the cooks would throw them towards the dishwasher you know it's just like no. it was just one of those situations where you're like I can't wait to be in a different Out job. Here, yeah. But he explains stuff like that, though, you know, mm-hmm. and so you're like, oh, OK. But he's explaining it in such like awesome detail that if you've never been there, you could put yourself in that position and be like, oh, yeah, I remember working a job like this. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the book really, really is good. And watching waiting and then reading the book and then being in the business of the mm-hmm. restaurants, like it all is the great stuff. And I think that any person who's you know, ever done that can be like, okay, I get it. For sure. Now, the part that a lot of people can't ever wrap their head around is the fact that he's probably been on every continent in the world. I'm sure. I I can picture him filming in Antarctica. Yeah. And that's rare. Oh, definitely. People going to Antarctica as scientists and, you know, if you're rich and you can afford to drive your yacht down to (laughs) the Sandwich Island and all the penguins, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, but it's rare, though, that you get to go down there. So, like, for someone like him and for someone who might not travel a lot, I always thought the show was perfect for people to build culture. Yeah. And to see different perspectives and see different out or, like, different points of view in the world. Mm-hmm. Because when when will you ever go to Haiti and be in the ghetto? Mm-hmm. And he, but what he did, though, for those cultures and for that stuff is he brought light to, like, maybe yeah, issues exposure. and stuff like that. But the biggest thing is he really brought light to people that are living in middle America that, mm-hmm. you know, they want to travel and they don't know how to get there. But mm-hmm. he, I think, gave hope to a lot of people. So yeah. there, that in too, like, you know, not only was his storytelling brilliant, but his way of expressing, I think, 
worldly travel was just mm-hmm. so good. I totally agree. <laughs> and I, the longer that you and I have known each other, the more of his show I have watched with you and have really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I still have so many episodes yeah. to get through because there are so many. So, I mean, and he... See, he has like four books or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm reading another one, but it's a travel guide. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why we're talking about this is not only am I reading that book is it's a slow read. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm diving into 30 pages a day. It's right. like, let me read about Argentina today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it's written by two people. It's him and someone else. Okay. And it's nice because they the other person is really just giving you travel tips Mm -hmm. he's interjecting his snarkiness or his (laughs) love for the country or his distaste for something about the country so you're getting this like anthony Bourdain ish travel book gotcha so it's kind of cool yeah um i wouldn't say it's the best read i've ever done but it's cool right um but we did watch his documentary the other day Mm -hmm. um powerful it was powerful and and that's why i wrote this as a show note and i wasn't even sure what we would actually really talk about but as I watched that show, I started to realize how much of an impact the guy had on my life. Yeah. And I honestly only met him one time. Right. I wish I would have met him a billion times. Right. So, but that one encounter was so cool. He signed this book and I'm not starstruck. I was starstruck. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to say. Like I froze. I was like a, <laughs> I was like a. <laughs> how cool though to have that experience. It was, and that was back when his book had come out too. So this is like before he even became the Anthony Bourdain that everybody knows. Oh yeah, nowadays this was at like a Barnes and Noble, and I think I was like maybe there's like forty people in line. Crazy. Yeah, I mean nowadays, or if this was if he was alive, you there'd be thousands. You'd never be able to. I would have never done it, and and that to me was a moment that was cool for me because I'd never experienced like being starstruck. Mm Mm-hmm. In a way where I was so, uh, like, at a loss for words. I just Mm -hmm. had nothing to say. And I, but it was so cool. He shook my hand. Mm -hmm. He signed my book. Like, and that will always be one of those moments where I can look at someone and know that no matter what my situation is, like, I can always make it better because Mm -hmm. that's what he did, you know? And, and though I think he struggled with a lot of things at the end of his life from what the documentary made it seem Mm -hmm. like. I will probably never think of those moments because to me, he did so much more for me as a person and gave me so much more inspiration uh, from his earlier stuff that Mm -hmm. I could rewatch his episodes of, you know, a a cook's tour and they're bad. Yeah, they're (laughs) not great. They're like, it's like watching (laughs) Seinfeld the first couple of the first couple seasons, you know, it's just like real dry, very like. You could tell he wasn't comfortable yet yeah he was still trying to figure out how to be in front of the camera and tell the story and but it 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 is so cool though it's just so it's like raw footage like i can picture him getting like a haircut in like india or something Mm -hmm. or like you know thailand or something crazy like that and and you're like i thought i'm watching a cooking show here's this guy (laughs) getting a haircut you know (laughs) and I, i and there's something really really uh interesting about that to me and he's always been interesting to me so yeah so when we were talking about like what are we gonna talk about and i had that note it was like man i could i could talk about him for hours Mm -hmm. because of all the things that he's done for me and i can look at pages of his book and and put myself there and be like ah yes 
I know exactly how this makes me feel and mm-hmm. how, how, you know, there's um, a moment where he was talking about like just the relief of like smoking a cigarette during a, a busy shift. But yeah. like he was working at like the top of a building in New York and they would go find this little balcony to like mm-hmm. dangle their feet off of and look over the city and, and just smoke. take c- a second. And it's like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I know exactly what that is because, you know, to him, I think one thing that he always was really good about was though he had the best job in the world, he, he still needed his time. Sure. And even then, I think he still didn't realize how big he was. I think he just would, it's like touring. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you get to go on tour with so-and-so. And it's like, yeah, but it's not fun. Yeah, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's not what you think. And I think that he was great about that because he really gave people um, raw, deep, dark things that people didn't want to hear. Yeah, yeah. He didn't hold back. Which to me is important in life because I think so many people sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. And, and and it is. It's easy, though. Everybody wants to. You know, like no one wants to be disliked. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very like if you if you told me like, I hope people dislike me. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, okay. A little weird. <laughs> Deep down, you probably, I think you might be saying, like, when I hear people say That's that sometimes. That's a defense mechanism. I think people say that, like, in, yeah, exactly. Like, they're yeah. trying to show off. But deep down, like, we want people to like us. But there is a point, though, where I think if you hold true to your values, then you realize that part of that is going to be dislike. And yeah. I think that he knew that from the start. And so it was always good because the things that he would say we're not going to be liked by everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really big inspiration for me by doing, you know, looking at what we're doing now and, and what we're about ready to go through. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, okay, here's here's someone who definitely I've always looked up to and he's always handled it in a very pretty good light. You yeah. know, I mean, I again, I don't know him personally, so I can never right. speak exactly. You only know what you see. Yeah, but but by listening to a person talk, you can you can gather a lot. So... So, yeah, so, you know, here he is, you know, telling me these, like, stories that I'm like, oh, my gosh, all I want to do is travel. Mm-hmm. And one thing I got to do was I got to experience some of these restaurants that he went to. I was going to say, I think that was one of or that is one of the really cool things that I've enjoyed about watching his shows with you have mm. been when he's been places that you have been. Mm. Like the Vienna oh my episode gosh. is so cool to watch with you because you lived there Mm -hmm. so you know exactly where he's going almost the entire time and i've heard stories about these places through you and then i get to see them through anthony bourdain and then you it always like jogs your memory and you're like oh yeah and then this and Mm -hmm. you remind you get reminded of things then you share those stories with me so that was really cool yeah and even you know going like we talked about last episode to leon and going to paul bocuse's restaurant i mean that was in Anthony's own words, one of the greatest experiences of his entire life. Yeah. And we got, ended up getting to eat almost the exact same menu yeah. that he got to eat when he went there. Yeah. Yeah. And the the door that we talked about walking down, that little wine thing. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that on the episode and being like, that's kind of crazy and cool. And yeah. That he got to go in there. And, and then here we are. We get to go in there. Walking down the same path yeah. that he walked down and i'm like all right this is very 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 cool <laughs> <laughs> because he like to get invited to some of these little 
places Mm -hmm. that's not just like everybody in the world gets invited back into the wine cellar right yeah and so and knowing how important he was and to then walk inside walk these same footsteps it was that to me i will like picture that dark little uplit yeah cold (laughs) warm hallway the rest of my life you know and then opening that door at the end where paul's picture is on the wall you know that's how that episode starts mm-hmm. is with Paul right. Duco. We need to watch that episode again. Yeah. And that episode, the Vienna episode too, it's like he um he paints it so well because yeah, like I can picture hearing about Vienna as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it is exactly sound of music. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I I never thought that I wanted to go to Vienna. Mhm um and now it's like one of your favorite places one of my favorite what's crazy is i think that episode came out post me going to vienna Mm -hmm. but post me going to vienna i was able to watch that episode and be like oh my gosh i want to go to that restaurant because because i didn't go there when i was there i've never i didn't know that about that Mm -hmm. and the person i was dating at the time too like she'd be like uh i never heard of that but sure let's go let's do it yeah so that was a really cool thing to me was that being in these places, I was able to, in a way, live those things mm-hmm. in a, in a, like I could hear him saying like, oh, and this tastes like this. And as you're biting into it, you're like, oh, you're yeah, like, oh, there it, it does. is. There He's it right. Is. <laughs> and, you know, and he's so uh, funny because I think when he went there, he like the person who was going to show him around ended up not showing him around. So he ended up like being like just some i think his taxi driver ended up being his like <laughs> initial person to That's show him around funny. and he's like talking about the little bottles of um jaeger mm-hmm. that are at every little like anytime you stop to eat something you could buy a little euro of jaeger mm-hmm. it's probably like a euro 50 now because of whatever you know just the rise in times <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it was awesome i was like oh my gosh and so the there was this one specific hot dog stand in the show and i had already eaten there and i knew exactly what he was eating and it is mm-hmm. one of my favorite dishes of all time and it's a case grinder cheese sausage yeah i think he calls it a, a pus-filled sausage <laughs> oh is that the little stand <laughs> yeah right? it's at a like stand the square? Yeah. and what they mm-hmm. do is crazy they take like a, a piece of bread and you know it's like a foot long it looks like a subway piece of bread mm-hmm. they cut the end off and there's these two like metal spikes that are heated Mm -hmm. and they like jam them down on there you know it's like a like a broche maybe or like a heart brioche like a little Mm -hmm. harder of a bread so they jam these pieces of bread down there and they warm them up on the inside and there's your you know pus-filled sausage you know like getting (laughs) flipped in there (laughs) flipped around on the grill and then yeah the guy pulls it off and he they'll they'll ask you if you want like you know mustard the spicy mustard Mm -hmm. or the ketchup squirted in there I always just said, shook my head yes, because like yeah, I, whatever you I want. I don't need I'll to argue it. with anyone. <laughs> and they slide the sausage in. Then they put like the funniest part is they always put the little piece end piece back on top. And oh it's really? Like, I mean, it's only Tiny like a little, like, like a little slice. You're like uh, okay. <laughs> They're like, well, you paid for the whole piece of bread, so here's your bread. You did. And <laughs> Europeans are good about that. They'll at nice. least give you every ounce. Yeah. Uh, and so I can, but watching him eat it, I've I've been there, drunk standing on the side of the road mm-hmm. late night 
And they were I, having cocktails. Yeah, you can drink also, beer right, right there. Yeah. You can order Jaeger, mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette. I mean, it, everything about that episode, I can smell smell it. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was like things like that to me always struck me as very cool and really charming about him because, like I said, he could have been an arrogant Again, I don't know him, so he, I don't know how he really reacted right. to this. But watching him go and eat these foods with a guy who's not his guide. <laughs> right. He seemed pretty normal. It just makes pretty you realize, like, conversation well, fine, then show me around. If if you probably know the place better than my guide was going to show yeah, me around. Yeah, I'm sure. So that, that was always really cool. So when I would go to these places, I would, in a way, probably... I shunned him because he had like obviously a crew and people around him. Yeah. I probably allowed myself to be too friendly (laughs) with too many people that I probably shouldn't have been. But it always made for a fun time. Absolutely. Thankfully, you (laughs) ended up okay in all of those situations. (laughs) Uh, There was a one time in Russia that I'll always remember ending up in the this back alley. Oh, my. You know, like three o'clock in the morning trying to buy booze we're trying to find a bar Mm -hmm. and um this guy like we met him by the train station and he was like oh yeah i'll actually you want to buy some beer the bar is not like he either said that the bar didn't exist or it wasn't open anymore Mm -hmm. but he could get us beer and we're like okay Mm -hmm. so we followed him well i followed him i started yeah you went by yourself no there was a a few but like (laughs) still we were just following this guy into a random street in russia he's like stupid tourists uh, he was actually it was really nice we were buying cigarettes off him <laughs> <laughs> walking down the street I, we had walked into a neighborhood oh like, my goodness so we get to this neighborhood and it's like you know an apartment complex let's just say if i can picture it correctly you know like three or four stories tall mm-hmm. doors and windows look fairly normal i mean the streets were darkish yeah i don't know i was hammered <laughs> you're like i couldn't tell you <laughs> i drank so much vodka that night that i like barely knew my name oh gosh and uh so we it, it was like a you know like you turn like and you go up this little road and then took you to the back side of this apartment complex mm-hmm. so we're standing back there and someone made a comment like uh there's no exit that way yeah, and like, this is the only entrance. <laughs> we're basically trapped. We're ba- yeah, we could have been. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. He has be- He said he had beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so we're just waiting and waiting. And, you know, we have a bunch of like, what are they, rubles? Or yeah. Like, so we're like, all right, waiting, smoking cigarettes. And a few guys are like, you know what? I'm not going to stand here. I'm going to go. I got a bad feeling. I'm going to go this, this way. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, well, just listen to us if we scream. Go, yeah. Go get help. I don't mean, go back. Go. Don't go too far away. Yeah. Don't. Don't come back. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, this guy came down though with two uh, grocery bags full of Budweiser. Wow. <laughs> Ended up actually being a good human. Yeah. We bought beer off him. I mean, he probably overcharged us. I would. 100% guarantee that. And if he didn't overcharge you. us, we gave. I remember we. I'm sure you gave we him pay, plenty. We of paid money. him pretty well. Yeah. Because it was four in the morning by at this point. So then right. we walked back to this hotel, plastered, <laughs> and then we I, I, we sat in. I, I probably had like one beer. I was so drunk. It was like totally. <laughs> it was a great. Not worth it, but great story. Great story. But I think that part of that was that adventure that he had always um, instilled in the things that I had seen him do. Mm-hmm. 
again, not safe. <laughs> right. Definitely not safe. <laughs> very he was, risky. He was a very professional and yeah. had a, a film crew and yes. probably a lot of like connections along yes. the way. Um, but yeah, this, that was one memory of mine that I can look back and honestly be like, well, I mean, whatever. It's worth it's worth a story. <laughs> that reminds me of the How I Met Your Mother episode where they meet Russian Lily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they end up at the and they like are like, oh yeah, want to go to an after party? It's this way, and they like keep going to all these random places and end up getting like hustled for uh -huh. a whole bunch of money. Yep. Well, Barney's a great example of someone who is very Anthony Bourdainish in the sense of mm -hmm. like adventure. It's legendary. It's yeah, going to be legendary. legendary. Just take the risk. It'll totally be fine. Go do it. Yep. I went to dinner not too long ago with my buddy Coach, remember? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had brought up this one story. We were in, uh, I believe it was Istanbul. Mm -hmm. And we, I, I, I'm just going to cut it off at this, at the, this one part. But basically there was like a fork in the road. <laughs> and the den mom, you could call her, Liz, mm -hmm. she always watched over us. And she was like, you met her. She out on Billy. Hitman. No. No, Liz. She was out on Billy with, oh, uh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, with Boomer and stuff, mm -hmm. and um, we we had all eaten dinner. And we went and had a couple drinks, and then it was time either for bed or more trouble. Mm -hmm. And as we were walking, I remember we got to this fork, and it was like you could look down, and it was like street lights and happiness, and there Head was to the light. Hotel and go to bed. And on this end, it was. There was like a dirt road, fire, <laughs> dark. dark, eerie. Uh -huh. And Liz looked at us and was just like, you guys be careful. <laughs> and like, she went to towards the, the light and we went towards the dark. Oh, my goodness. And it was fun. But yeah, trouble. All the trouble. All the trouble. It, but that's the I think that's the beauty in, in it, the adventure that he instilled in me at a mm -hmm. very probably um influential age i would you say know, very like influential I, yeah like i was young wanting mm -hmm. to see the world mm -hmm. um reading his stories of being a pirate i think that's why partially i fought off being in a relationship for so long or at least a faithful relationship because mm -hmm. it was like all i want to do is just go right go i need to do see what more. i want i need to I see want. more i need to mm -hmm. tell more stories i need to be able to tell more stories and there is an addiction to that, I think. You Absolutely. know, there's you know, you you start to get people so so hyped about your life that you're not even hyped about it anymore. Mm -hmm. You're just there for the high of telling the story and then right. okay, now I gotta go find another story. Right. Now I gotta That's go gonna find... top that story. Yeah, it, and and I did. <laughs> I did like <laughs> to top I it, yeah. did like to top my own stories if I possibly mm -hmm. at, at all costs, you know, too. Like right. it, and that's where it's fun fun to look back and be like wow i really do have a, a couple guard i don't just have one garden agent you have a whole i have team. like a whole team and they're busy yeah. they were busy for a lot of years non-stop typing you wore them texting out. they're like dude this sure. guy is killing me today please god will you transfer <laughs> me to somebody else <laughs> yeah like i've put they're 100 asking to be moved to somebody else <laughs> yeah, like i put in a transfer request 13 times i've been denied why do you do this to me this guy is so much work i'm exhausted <laughs> uh i know oh my gosh i and i don't think i could i don't think we'll ever be able to get to where this one morning i woke up i remember um i was drunk this is completely off topic but mm -hmm. i was drunk i was getting a slice of pizza somewhere in the world 
and it was in America though. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I think it might've been like Minneapolis or something like that or St. Paul. And I was walking back to the hotel and I remember this bum asked me for some food. And oh I was like, gosh, I was like, I don't have any food or I was like, I don't have More any money. Mo- yeah, I was like, I have money. food mm-hmm. or maybe I was ordering it. Maybe I was in the process of ordering it. Cause I was definitely wasn't carrying it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, I don't have any money, but, but, you know, you're more welcome to come eat pizza with me. In my room. <laughs> in my room. Yeah, in my hotel room. You invited this person you do not know. <laughs> do not know. Just met Into him. your hotel room to eat pizza with you. Yeah. Um, and didn't he stay the night? Yeah, I woke up and he was sleeping in the, It was. I had like two twin beds or, or two, you know, like whatever beds. And I woke up and there he was. I was like, oh. He was probably so grateful to have a warm safe comfortable it was cold to sleep it was cold that night i remember that you know we had a good conversation i can't tell you what we talked about but i remember we were i we ate mm-hmm. he was very thankful for eating he I'm was sure. super super nice and uh but yeah i i look back on that i'm like man i could have <laughs> he could have been a serial killer <laughs> i could have not walked out of that hotel yeah 100 percent. so yeah i definitely have had a few guardian angels uh just a couple yeah they were on constant rotation <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i remember oh telling you that story the first time and you were... i don't think i closed my mouth the whole time i was just like in complete shock <laughs> like what <laughs> you did what <laughs> i mean but the Bible says to see Jesus in, <laughs> in everybody that you pass. So uh, I, good on you. I try. Uh, Drunk you is real kind. They used to call me Huggy the Bear because <laughs> I just love to hug when I'm drunk. Yes, you do. I'm not You're a very hater. affectionate. Yeah. Now, you also love to wrestle. I, I am a wrestler, a hugger, a talker. The wrestling is not my a favorite. A flirter. I'm, I, I just, I don't know. Like I'm just a ball of like too much. <laughs> I like a ball of all the overwhelming yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, like, like, is Phil drunk? Uh, yeah, well, you can hear him across the restaurant. Yes, yeah, he's clearly drunk. His ears stopped working. He's nasally and he's sneezing. Of course, yeah, he's drunk. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, now he's jamming pizza down his throat. Yep. But he did that. That's what Anthony Bourdain gave me, though. He gave me that ability, I think, to turn the corner in a place like we did on Leon and just try something new Mm -hmm. you know go out and i and there's a lot of food i don't like Mm -hmm. i'm a pretty picky eater when it really comes down to it yeah like if i was if you were to ask me what do you want to eat today Mm -hmm. i'm probably gonna tell you a hamburger or pizza or mexican or mexican yeah like i don't really don't have that or steak okay four items that's like my big four yeah but Knowing what he's said about certain things and different places he's eaten, it's given me the ability to try, to try yeah. everything. And I'm willing to. Even if it grosses me out, I'm willing to try it. can't hurt to try it once. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I have the utmost respect for a man that's gone. And, you know, I was lucky enough to meet him one time. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have been inspired by him on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, they, uh, yeah, I was able to pay him tribute in part of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which is super cool, you know. And so there's there's so many levels to what the guy meant to me, who I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was a cool episode to just, I don't know, talk about him. I agree. And, and I love food. 100%. Love food. Same. 
which is funny because like I just love to try different versions of what I love. Yeah, <laughs> different versions of mostly the same things. <laughs> like Delicious. The, like when we were talking about um, uh, when my buddy Jim was on the show mm -hmm. and he was saying how when people ask him his favorite city, um, he had said like some random one. And I had brought up, I well, what's funny is a lot of times people do ask me that. And what I'll say is like Idaho uh, or Boise. Mm -hmm. But I really do like it because I will always remember a pizza there that okay. I would go get every single time I was there. There you go. And so to me, that was that was part of travel to me is that even though maybe as the years went on, I slowly stopped partaking in other activities of partying or maybe going out a lot. I always still tried to go get like a sandwich and like a Cuban sandwich in Miami or right or a slice of pizza in New York. Oh, that was like a duh. Mm -hmm. I'd have uh, a pizza. In I would New have York. like Sorry, not a slice. Forty a whole slices pizza of pizza in New York. <laughs> well, you know, and so you know, here's another awesome thing. Um, the one thing that Anthony did was he also showed you holes in the walls, like mm -hmm. you know, like little hole in the wall places to go. And yeah, they, a place you wouldn't normally ever go to, yeah. and it's like, oh, but they have the best this. Yeah, so you really have to go here. And the other part to it was that you know, like, Criff Dog was a place that I'd heard of mm -hmm. before. And sure, it's like a hot dog in New York, but uh, there's a lot of hot dog places in New York. A lot. Mm -hmm. When he went there, though, he his description of it was so far better than everyone else's mm. that it pulls you in that's mm -hmm. i think the biggest difference because that's what a storyteller should do is they they, yeah. they engage with you and make you want it even more 100 and so that's what i think was cool because then well after i started well my buddy baz mm -hmm. who owns clash city tattoo mm -hmm. he and i i would always go get cat's deli but mm -hmm. i knew cat's deli because of anthony Bourdain. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but I'd heard about Cat's Deli before, but he... Is it, the it, reason you tried it. Tried it. Mm -hmm. But his old shop used to be close to Cat's Deli, so I would purposely get dropped off on Houston, mm -hmm. and I would walk to, you know, I can't remember the side street I would get dropped off, but mm -hmm. I'd get dropped there, then I would go to Cat's Deli, then I would go to... The old shop. To, yeah, whatever the old one was called. Now it was, okay, I'm getting dropped off close to clash city mm -hmm. then i'm gonna get bath started on whatever you know because i would always take people to get tattooed right too so okay my friends are gonna go first so if they want to go see the city i don't mind staying late because me and baz are gonna go we had this one little bar where um they shot crocodile dundee too oh, i think awesome. so we would go there and mm -hmm. and we would have a, a couple pints after getting tattooed before i went back to the hotel or whatever mm -hmm. and and so but while my friends would be getting tattooed, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go to Criff Dog, which was then just right okay, around the street. Nice. So it, those connections were what I loved about mm -hmm. touring. That was like uh, the coolest part to it. So I, I will always, always talk so highly of Anthony Bourdain. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that he had such a positive influence on you. Giant influence. I think I might read his book again. Good. But I think you should finish it first. I will. <laughs> You're a bad liar. But I'm going to have to restart it because it's been a long time since I started it. Oh, you definitely have to restart it. Yeah. You're going to have to. Yeah, because yeah, you can't start in the middle. No. There's two I'll many. restart it and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other uh, one other place that I think I, I want to go back to all the time is Portland. Sorry. This mm. just came to my, bra my brain. Mm -hmm. Not Portland, Oregon. Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. I haven't been there. Yeah. So I think there's a long, long list of places that we will 
go visit and try. Yeah. And eat. That's what we should do is make a list and like order order it in. Okay, like where do we really want to go first that's like feasible to go and just start Barcelona checking stuff? Okay, that's not feasible. We can't like drive there. <laughs> Eventually, yes, we will go to Barcelona, Spain. Well, you know, they're building a bridge. Oh, really? From, a giant one. From Nashville to Barcelona? Uh, no, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> it's uh, just north of Wilmington. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if you cross over the Great Atlantic it's going to be mm-hmm. called the Great Atlantic Bridge. The Great Atlantic Bridge. Okay. <laughs> it's going to take them a while. We'll keep it on the list. Yeah. They're having a little problems getting the, the cement to settle all the way down. In the I'm Maronis sure Trench. they are. <laughs> it's a little far down there. Yeah. They're, the sea creatures are, all the are sea eating creatures. the cement. Delicious. Um, how funny would that be? That would be wild. That would be a wild now drive. Now we've gone off on a that'd tangent. That would be the longest <laughs> that would be drive. a terrible long drive. Like, where are you broken down at? Mile marker 7,000. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd need to hold. Yeah, there'd have to be little cities. Uh, yeah, 100%. Drive through Bermuda. Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to this lovely... Anything? Do you? Would you like to say anything? No, I Are you think sure? this was great. Yeah, right, you're just staring at me. Wait, do you have any uh, liquid IV in there? I do. I have a strawberry Which one liquid are you IV today? in there. Strawberry. Strawberry. It's delicious. I love the strawberry one. It is a good one. Mm-hmm. I I uh, decided today to have the lime one this morning after okay. my workout. Mm-hmm. Super delicious. We're recording in the afternoon, so right now I'm need having the, energy the yeah, I need the little bit of energy boost. So I went for the uh, energy, I think amplifier is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Multiplier. briefly talked about that one um, last episode and how it's all natural sources of caffeine, which is mm-hmm. really cool. It's a it looks like a like a a very Green like grassy, green yeah, like a wheatgrass or something. What's the one that you go? Yeah, like they cut it at those wheatgrass. Wheatgrass, mm-hmm. yeah. It looks like that, but this tastes tastes nothing, way better. Nothing like <laughs> way nothing better. like that. This yeah. tastes magical. Yes. Actually, this is lemon ginger. I believe is the flavor. Mm. Yeah, lemon ginger. And I have to say, um, it really does. I've actually, uh, I gave it about a couple weeks of trying this before I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk talk about it because it really does taste really good. So. Yeah. If you were looking for that afternoon pick me up, use backyards and bevies code backyards to purchase your your own lemon ginger. Twenty five percent off and free shipping. Yes, and free shipping. So, but yeah, awesome, great show today. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate it. Big ups to you know Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. You were a giant inspiration in my life to many things and. I just have to say thanks. We will enjoy food and think of you. I 100%. Yes. <laughs> Are you ready to make that drive over to Spain? Yeah, let's let's get a move on. It's going to take us a while. We got to get there. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, everybody. Much love. Thank you all. Have a wonderful week. See you soon. Cheers, Cheers. bottoms up. Cheers, bottoms up. You're so loud. <laughs> Leave me alone. Bye, everybody. <laughs> you sound like a cat. That's what you sounded like. <laughs>